This podcast is brought to you by Fear Free, the initiative that takes the pet out of petrified and puts treat into treatment. Learn more at fearfreepets.com. This is the Fear Free podcast series, and I'm your host, Steve Dale. Dr. Michael Hargrove is a practice owner in Minnesota, the first Fear Free practice in Minnesota, seventh in the country, and a practice management consultant. Dr. Hargrove, welcome. There are lots of business benefits. I don't want to talk so much in this conversation about the benefits to the animals because I do that all the time. So let's talk about the business benefits from the practice's perspective of fear-free. What would number one on that list be? Is it the pocketbook? Do businesses do better as a result? And, you know, ultimately, veterinary practices are businesses. Right. No, I mean that's certainly the the long um, the long term benefit. Um, you know, I tend to think as a as a practice owner and a veterinarian, if we practice good medicine, the money will follow. And I think that the same thing is true with fear free. You know, that the benefits are really first and foremost the everyday activity, the benefits to the client. I think are just huge. I mean, the customer experience the connection that they develop with your hospital. So we've seen in studies now, um, you know, the first studies that were done on fear-free practices showed that that there is better client retention, that those clients um, not only are coming back, but they're coming back more frequently. They're doing more services. Um, if you think about a, a dog with an ear infection that's afraid to have its head handled, well, you know, if Previously, they might have that first appointment where they get treated, but then as long as things seem okay at home, they just won't come back for recheck because it's too stressful. Well, those are the kinds of things that we start to get people actually coming back and having those recheck visits um, because those animals are having a better experience. And when the animals have a better experience, the people are more likely to come back. So that's, that's, you know, the first benefit to me, I think, is really the benefit that the client sees. And, and from a, a business perspective, I mean, building a brand and having your hospital stand for something, um, we all talk about providing the highest quality service or the best quality medicine. I mean, it's on every veterinary hospital mission statement across the country, but what does that really mean? And how do we differentiate ourselves from any other practice that's trying to practice the highest quality medicine and best customer service? Well, if we have a very distinct way of providing that service that is different than everybody else, that's something, excuse me, that's something that the clients can perceive and understand, and it creates value. And when when value is created, they're willing to pay more for those services and still feel like they're getting their money's worth. So there's an opportunity for us to increase fees, have more client visits, have better client retention. All those things ultimately come out to be a better bottom line. Um, But it's all the things that get us there that make it worth it. How about the psyche of the people that work for you or for any veterinary practice that is completely fear-free certified. Is is there an advantage? Do you see people are, or do you suggest that people might be happier? Uh, certainly, people may be safer, which to me is important as well. Uh, are those two factors true? First of all, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, 
you know, why did anybody get into the field of veterinary medicine? You know, it's it's the love of animals. It's the desire to help them and, and to improve their lives. And I don't think there's a technician out there that thinks that rolling around on the floor with two other people, you know, manhandling, using bruticane to get an animal through a procedure, it doesn't make anybody go home at night feeling like they did a good job or that feeling satisfied. You know, it doesn't make our heart feel good um, to work with animals that are afraid, that are trying to bite us, that are clearly, you know, they're peeing all over the floor and they're just, you know, and, and then if we're handling them in a way that is, is more forceful and just making the situation worse, it just doesn't make people feel good at the end of the day. And we want to, we spend too much time at work to not feel good about the work that we do. And so what I love about fear free and, and, particularly at the level of practice certification. Individual certification is critical and it's a step in the, in the right direction. But what with practice certification, it's a culture change. It's everyone on the team supporting each other and coming from the same place so that, you know, we're not allowing each other to push through and make an animal more fearful because we have that culture. We have that support you know, we're very quick to say, hey, let's take another approach. Um, you know, let's let's stop. Let's use um, medication and have them come back in a calmer state of mind. Let's let's take a different avenue to do this. And then it, and then at the end of the day, we feel so much better. And the rewards of that animal that's come in and has always had that note on the record that they will bite or they need a muzzle and. And we just have story after story after story of those animals getting to a point. And it's not just snapping your fingers and everything's better. It might be three or four or five visits of having a more positive experience. But when we get to the point that that animal comes in and allows us to do a procedure and people aren't worried about getting bit and we're not using muzzles anymore, it makes everybody feel good. It makes them love their job. And so I think there's a real... um, benefit to our staff to, and, and when we talk about, you know, depression in our industry and suicide and the mental health of, of veterinary professionals and paraprofessionals, this is just one more thing that, you know, when we go to work and feel good about the job we're doing, we're not being asked to do things that don't make us feel comfortable. Um, we're stopping when we feel like we should stop. Um, those are all things that make our mental health and our emotional health so much better. And then from a hiring standpoint, I mean, you know, just last year, I mean, three months ago, six months ago, we were talking about a market where there's five or six jobs for every veterinarian. And and it's hard as a practice consultant, I can tell you how hard it is for practices around the country to find good associates. And, And I can tell you that I had three veterinarians approach my practice unsolicited. I was not advertising for a position. I had three different veterinarians drop their resume at my practice and said, if you're ever looking for somebody, would you please consider me? And that's just unbelievable, you know, in an environment where practices are looking for a year just trying to find an associate. And it's because of the culture that we have. And veterinary students, veterinary technician students um, are all becoming fear-free certified. It's part of the curriculum in many programs now. Um, It's strongly encouraged. It's free. Um, so these students are coming out of school learning that this is how we work with animals. And so they are seeking out practices where that's the culture. And so there's just 
so many employee benefits to having a fear-free culture that supports that healthy heart and healthy mind for us, as well as the better experience for the animal and the better experience for the animal's people. Well, very well put. Uh, so you have people graduating now, right, from school. Yep. Those schools, as you point out, they're familiar with fear-free. At the same time, the general public increasingly, because of fear-free happy homes, a website that is driven towards and geared for pet owners. So you have both sides coming at it simultaneously. Do you find that what I'm saying in theory is really happening in the real world and that awareness is, in fact, on the rise? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. Um... It's a gradual process to be sure, but the, you know, the, the acceleration of fear free and the exposure, um, to the public has just been unbelievable. And, and the penetration into the entire animal industry. So the fear free shelter initiative, the fear free grooming, fear free training, you know, people are, are learning about fear free. I mean, if, if now every person who goes to a shelter and adopts an animal is learning about fear-free happy homes and fear-free um, approach, then they're going to seek out fear-free veterinarians just the same way they'll seek out a fear-free groomer or a fear-free trainer. Um, when pet finder, when people adopt through there and they learn about fear-free, I mean, it's just, I personally believe that what right now is something that will will differentiate your practice in a very positive way that you're doing things different and better than the others in town. So it's a real solid differentiator. I think in a year is going to be, it's going to be a differentiator. If you don't, you know, it is becoming standard of care. And I think that's critical. It's not, this isn't a flash in a pan. This isn't a trend. This is becoming the new standard of care. No different than pain management, you know, other things that over the years have become, you know, things that we start to do, we do more of it. And next thing you know, it is standard of care. And, and I think that the public is going to demand that level of care. Our staff, our doctors are going to demand that level of care. And pretty soon, if you're the practice that isn't doing it, you're going to stick out in a negative way because you're not practicing in this manner. So something I talk about is how millennials are seeking and care about the emotional health yes. of their animals because their animals, in fact, I'd get hit over the head right now because that term, I mean, it's, it's their fur babies, right? That Great. That's that's the term they want to use. And whether I like that term or not, that's how <laughs> they feel about it, you know? Right. And, and right. that's a reality. Well, those millennials are also young veterinarians or people that are graduating now from veterinary school. So yep. was the timing of all this also just spot on as it happened to be? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I do think so. I mean, I think that, um, you know, it's always interesting when you hear a, a joke from a comedian, like, like Jerry Seinfeld in particular, where he talks about the everyday stuff, right? And, and we, we hear a joke that he'll tell and it immediately becomes painfully obvious, right? This observation of human behavior. And yet none of us thought of it, right? <laughs> and, and it's the everyday stuff. Sure. And I, think, and I think that's where, I mean, I've been involved with the Delta Society, the Human Animal Bond for 30 years. I mean, it started when I was in veterinary school in the late 80s. You know, I got involved in, in the Human Animal Bond and, and the connection that we have with our animals. But it took Marty Becker to 
make that connection the way that Jerry Seinfeld does, you know, with, with everyday stuff and to make it a tangible thing that we think about and to put methods to it and, and approaches and, and to solidify it. And I think that that's something, you know, when I talk to people about the difference between individual certification and practice certification, and I talk about that culture, you know, we are paying attention to the emotional health of every patient that comes through the door at our practice. We're keeping an emotional medical record. We are getting an emotional history. We are, are creating recommendations and observations related to their emotional health. And so it's just become a part of what we do every single day. And, and of course, the environment has to be you know, one in which we all believe that that's important and our clients do too. And so I think, you know, to your point that with millennials and everything that, that there's maybe more value in that. Um, but I, yeah, it, it's the right time for it, but it's the right thing to do regardless of what time it is. Yeah, absolutely true. So as a consultant, you go to practices and do what you do. Do you notice a difference when you walk in the door and the practice is fear-free certified as opposed to you walk in the door and they haven't, have, have, fear-free hasn't even occurred to them. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, the actual consulting that I do is more from a distance, so I don't do a lot of walking into practices, but um, I do a lot of practice appraisal work um, for businesses that are selling and, and a lot of financial work for profitability and those kinds of things. And so, you know, what I really see as a difference, um, when we sell a business, we talk about risk and we talk about the return on that investment and, and we talk about multiples of earnings and, and all these things. But what it really boils down to is can you transfer the goodwill, the brand, so to speak, of the practice from one owner to another? And what a culture like Fear Free does it is system-wide from the first person that somebody talks to until the last person. It's not just the doctor. It's not just the technician. It's everybody. And so the owner is so much less important to the success of the practice because it is the entire team. It's that entire customer experience. And so to be able to transfer that to a new owner is so much easier because you have a system-wide you know, development of goodwill. Whereas a different practice, the goodwill is wrapped up in, oh, I want to see Dr. Jones. And, mm -hmm. and I love Dr. Jones. And, and that's why I go to that practice. And as soon as Dr. Jones sells that practice, nobody's connected to the practice at all because it was all about the doctor. But in a fear-free practice, it's about the entire visit and, and that entire experience. And that's what we want. That's what creates a brand that is the hospital and not just the individual doctor. And that makes a practice so much more valuable when it comes time to sell. Hmm. Interesting. And you know what? It occurs to me if Dr. Marty Becker is Jerry Seinfeld, I wonder if I'm George <laughs> Costanza. I don't know who you are or not. Maybe you're Kramer. I don't know. I'm Kramer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Michael Hargrove, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're very welcome. If you're already registered for Fear Free, be sure to keep up with all the Fear Free happenings. Access new toolbox items. Find out all the additional courses at fearfreepets.com. 
And of course, if you're not registered, find out everything you need to get started at fearfreepets.com. If you're a member interested in pursuing veterinary practice certification, get more details under the same site under the veterinary about section. And if you're a pet owner who just happened to stumble upon this podcast, learn more about the resources we have for you at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Mm-hmm.